0: Star Avenue
1: What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky, I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this way. Wait a minute, hey! I'm ghosted! I was, none
2: does.
1: Hey, hey boo! It's me, Roz. It is the 30th listener phone call extravaganza, if you can believe it. If you haven't been on and you want to come on, or if you've been on, I don't care. If you've got a good ghost story, come on, you know what to do. Email ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, put in the subject line, listener episode, and then just give me bullet points of your stories, and then, you know, when the time comes, you can come on the show. I keep forgetting to tell you guys also that I um, have been doing video episodes. Um, I don't know why. I just keep forgetting to, to tell you. But if you want to watch some of the last few episodes, there's one with Arden Marine. There's one with EJ and Shelby. Those are up on YouTube. And... Um, Oh, Patreon. I have a new episode this week. This week, I took a week off from doing paranormal stuff. I did an episode about one of my favorite comedians of all time, who we just lost, Judy Tenuta. She was also somebody that I had a lovely little friendship with. And I kind of share my experience with getting to know that icon and legend and just kind of a an episode of worshipping the love goddess so if you want to hear that check that out link in the description of this episode okay let's talk to some listeners it is time for the 30th ever listener phone call extravaganza on with the show Teresa in <laughs> pennsylvania somewhere out in the middle of nowhere pennsylvania
3: uh, it's middle of nowhere <laughs>
1: Is it in a, oh, in a the, spooky way or no?
3: Um, I mean, it is kind of in a spooky way, but not in the normal spooky way because I love the normal spooky, okay. but I am, uh, you know, a bunch of like slightly closed minded, small town area.
1: Got it. Which yeah, I find uncomfortable. So, yeah. Yeah. but
3: we had, you know, we moved to my boyfriend's family farm. Wow! Uh, because I just had I had a baby. She's one. Oh, so
1: congratulations! Uh, thank you. Well, well, I read <laughs> so. from the email you sent me. It seems like uh, every place you've ever lived has a ghost in it. Is there one where you live now?
3: <laughs> no, there's not. Um, okay, that only- was wrong. <laughs> it's it has been consistent. Like I don't know about my childhood. Per se, because um, I don't remember anything crazy happening. Um, I grew up in Northeast Philadelphia. So there was always noise. We shared walls. So I can't say, oh, there were bumps that were unexplained. Um, but we did have a priest come to the house for some reason. And my family is not overly religious, despite me being forced to go to Catholic school. So, <laughs> so what I was can't that speak for my childhood. I do not know. I don't, He came to bless the house. I don't know.
1: Okay. But
3: my mom just said they just came by and did it. And I was like, well, okay, if you say so.
1: Well, maybe. I guess but, it works. So yeah. w- tell me one of your ghost stories. Where do, we, where do we start?
3: I guess I say let's start from the very beginning. Okay. As a teenager. And I'm going to preface this story by saying that my brother and I did not get along ever. We got into like terrible, violent fights from the day I was born. Um, And that's semi-relevant to the story. Um, So I was probably 13 or 14. And my cousins and I are very close, but they're a lot younger than I am. So if I'm 13 or 14, they're 9 and 10. (laughs) And we got it into our heads to have a seance for some reason (laughs) in the middle of the daytime. Um, So to make it spooky, we hung a blanket on the wall. We lit candles. We all sat in a circle and joined hands. And did the stereotypical, not knowing what we're doing. Is anybody there? And um, there's a blanket on the window to, to make it dark and scary. But the window was open a little bit. So every time we asked is someone there, the wind would blow and the blinds would rattle.
1: <laughs> Fun. And we all got
3: like, right. It was perfect timing every time. Until we got into it, we're asking questions and something happened that scared my little baby cousins because, (laughs) because they were only nine and 10 um, and everyone got up and ran out of the room. So we're laughing. We blow out the candles, whatever we go about our day. Sometime later, probably in the next couple of days, I came home from school and my blinds were cut straight down the middle. Huh. And I was like, that's really weird because every time we asked for a sign, it involved the blinds, you know, explainable. The wind blew them every time we asked, but it was like perfect timing. Uh, And so I went to my brother and was like, why were you in my room? What did you do? And he was like, I would not go in your room. Gross. Like, go away. (laughs) And I complained to my mom and she's like, let's just get new blinds. I was like, okay. Um, So we replaced them and then stuff starts happening more and more in my house and my cousins and i are like oh there's two ghosts there's a little girl who can only be upstairs in the first two floors and an old man who can't really leave the basement coincidentally my brother's room was in the basement so things like the normal ghost things toilets flushing doors opening and closing um i've never seen a ghost In my life, I have been talked to by a ghost and I'm frequently touched on the shoulder by ghosts. So that started happening. Um, I'd be laying in bed and I'd feel a hand on my shoulder and get like nervous to turn around because I didn't hear anyone come in my room. Um, But every time there's no one there and just, you know, more and more stuff like that starts happening. My brother and I got in a really bad fight and we were in the kitchen which had the basement door in it. And he had me against um, the sliding glass door. Like, this is going to sound very bad, but he was like choking me and had me pushed against the door. And he was a teenager. He's a few years older than me. So he's a lot stronger than me at this point. And I'm like starting to panic because I'm like, this is it. I'm going to (laughs) die. And the basement door opened and you heard like the creaky little like... And he stopped because he heard that. And I was like, thank freaking God the little girl ghost is helping me out or the old man is helping me out. Uh, and it just became like a running joke between myself, my cousins and my friends. I never really talked about it with my uh, other sibling and my parents because I didn't want them to think I was more crazy than they already thought. Um <laughs> So years go by, we're in high school. My brother's friend needs a place to live. My parents say he can live with us. This boy and I hated each other from day one. Um, We never got along. Uh, We lived together for a few years. And as happens, we were drinking together one night and we bonded and actually spoke to each other. And he said to me, the reason I never liked you is because I knew you were responsible for what happened in the house. And I started crying. I said, what do you mean? He said, I know you're the reason there's an old man ghost in the basement and he attacks your brother. (gasps) And I didn't know my brother was suffering from sleep paralysis and would see an old man in his room because my brother and I didn't speak too
1: much. Oh, my God. So he just kind of
3: like the confirmation from this person who I also rarely spoke to. Uh, And I was like, I'm not apologizing because my brother probably deserves it, but he was. um, So that was like my first major thing. And it was all like, you know, touched on the shoulder a bunch of times. Um, I, I started dating my first boyfriend when I lived there and he would start to get, he was, he hated anything paranormal and he would get so scared. And he'd be like, can we just not talk about it? I have to stay here too. And. Um, But, you know, he heard doors shut. He heard the toilet. I don't know why the upstairs toilet would flush by itself.
1: Yeah. What's that all about? Do you think that the Uh, ghost is actually using the toilet and then flushing?
3: I think what it is, is it's since I believe the energy to be a little girl that I think she was kind of playing around. Okay. Uh, You know, kids, kids love toilets
1: now let me ask you this did, humor. did the priest ever come back or was he like sorry you didn't this, get a warranty on my blessing no, this was
3: a this was a separate house this was like a house we moved into as a teenager in the suburbs okay um so the first house i we like it was a row home so i don't know if any i remember being terrified to go to bed all the time um but i don't remember any specific like ghost activity to report in that house this is you know like it may well have been and that's why i was so scared
1: so do you Uh, think that they were people that lived in the house at some point that the the ouija board awoke in them or you conjured them out of thin air like what do you think
3: i don't think so the house that we lived in it was through the 90s and into the 2000s that house was a new build Um, But it was old farmland. So I don't think when people are like, oh, it's a new house. How can it be haunted? The land has its own age and its own happenings. You know, like, I don't think it's relevant to the house Mm -hmm. itself um, all the time. So I think me just being like, hey, we're welcoming you. Basically, my cousins and I, who are super connected, are inviting whoever wants to come in to come on in. And then we booked it without any kind of a closing so I think it just kind of opened the doors to let whatever wanted to come in, come in. So and it I do uh consider that like a jumping off point where I don't know, spirits, if you want to call them spirits or ghosts, were like, hey, she's listening, line up. So <laughs> I think that's that's kind of like where it began for me.
1: Okay. So it's like a meet and greet is happening. It was unintentional.
3: Yes. They oh, okay. came in and were like. She can't see us, but she sure can feel us and hear us.
1: So. And she's got a shoulder with our name on it.
3: That's right.
1: <laughs> so what then happened after that?
3: Um, We moved out of that house. I got my first apartment uh with the same boyfriend. And um, it was a very old building, uh, 1800s-ish. I think the owner said it was like a late 1800s build. And... I think that I lived in that apartment in a past life because I never wanted to leave. I instantly was like, this is home. There was no adjustment period for me. And it just felt like that's where I belonged. So I was like instantly in it. Love this house. Love how spooky everything is. The landlord never had the lights on. So you had to walk upstairs to the third floor in a dark hallway and I was just I obsessed. I was there for all of the spookiness. I loved it. Um, so I did write um a review about this story, but I will go ahead and share it if you want. Um, that okay. is where the ghost Mary lived. So yes, is this
1: is this one that I read recently on the show?
3: I did write it kind of recently. I'm not caught up, so I'm only in 2021 on your show. So oh, I, I read, read this read one.
1: Yeah, about so- the lady. Yeah, that,
3: her name is, yeah, she ha- she was holding my hand. I don't know if you. Yes. So <laughs> this was a, um, like I said, an old house. It turns out it was a doctor's office through the 70s. And my landlord, um, unbeknownst to me, was like haunted all the time in the first floor apartment. He said people would come and sit on the side of his bed all the time. Um, but I didn't know this. So I live on the third floor. I'm walking around frantic, getting ready. And I heard a whisper of someone say, how old are you? And I like wanted to cry. I was terrified. I text my best friend and I was like, I'm either losing it or a ghost is talking. And she said, answer them. (laughs) Um, so I wrote it down and threw it in the living room and left. I was like, Oh, goodbye. Uh, so the next day or the day, day after I was trying to, um, we were sleeping in and I was like kind of half awake, kind of asleep. And I was trying to turn over in bed and I couldn't to the point where I'm like trying to pull my arm away. And I thought my boyfriend was holding on to my hand and I was like, God, like, come on, let go. And I was like, Sean, let go. And then I started to like, you know, that point where you start to wake up, but you're still slightly dreaming and you can see the room is starting to get bright. Mm-hmm. And I saw a woman next to my bed, holding my hand. And I realized that my arm was hanging off the bed. It wasn't facing um, my partner.
0: Oh. So I went,
3: Mary, Mary. And it released. And I like backed into my partner and woke him up. And I started crying. And he's like, what's happening? And I relayed the story. And he was like, I told you, don't tell me this stuff. I have to live here. Um, so in that building, there was a lot of seeing like feeling like someone's in the room with you or walking past the doorway when you were outside it would always look like someone was standing at the window looking down mm. um and for some reason there was like um the one specific closet it was a cedar lined closet and that closet gave me the willies more than anything and a panel of cedar had fallen and you could see into the house and it was like my my brain was convinced like do not put your hand in that because you're not going to get it back like the scary part of the house was in that closet. For oh some hell yeah,
1: there's no way I'm putting uh, my hand in some yeah, hole. Yeah, like don't
3: reach in there. Well, our cat got in that hole no. and I was like, well, goodbye.
1: <laughs> I love you. <laughs> nice this is, knowing you. This is where
3: it ends for you. <laughs> um, she, she did come out, but it was just like all the stereotypical scary stuff. And then we were walking past our landlord the one day, and he said. Uh, we got on the conversation of ghost and he said, Oh, that was my music studio. And he's like, I would always see a woman in a really high collared shirt standing there. And I would have to like go downstairs. And I was like, yes, that's Mary. Oh my God. She's like like a stereotypical Gibson girl with the high hair and the high collar. And
1: he's like, Oh, that's so scary. Um, and that name just came to you in your sleep. It,
3: I, I mean, my hand was stuck until I said, Mary. And then she like released it. And I was like, oh, Christ, this is amazing and terrifying. And so oh all the, God. yeah, all the normal ghosty stuff, the doors closing, the feeling like cold spots. And, but I was never. I mean, it's a little scary to me, but I love it. And it's never... And everyone always says, like, doesn't it bother you to live in places like that? And I say, I accept them. I am like, you stay here, I'll stay here. And it's fine if we coexist. Just don't freak me out too much and we're okay. I don't so, want a
1: ghost asking me how old I am.
3: I did not like that. <laughs> not because I care about my age, but to hear it so clearly, it's like, this is too real you can brush off some things that I could not explain or brush off and I was like this is either schizophrenia or this is my new ghost friend
1: so so then was has there been one since then I will keep going down the line to the (laughs) next apartment (laughs)
3: um we it was the same landlord this guy moved out he offered us the apartment it was a nicer apartment it had a uh, porch. I did not want to move, but we lived in my apartment for so long that I was like, it's only fair to give my partner. You know, he really wanted to live there, so he said he would take a little bit of the rent off if we painted it ourselves. So we painted before moving in, and we were fixing some stuff up. And while we're painting, you could hear the bedroom closet door constantly opening, even though it latched closed. And we used to joke around like, oh, it's the ghost closet again. And then we moved all of our stuff in and it never opened. But that apartment had a lot of activity in other ways because stuff would go missing all the time and then come back. Like my jewelry would be not where I left it on the nightstand. I would lay clothes out and go to get ready for work and the clothes would be gone. And then I'd come home like frustrated not to be able to wear what I wanted. And there's the shirt like right where I left it after digging through a laundry basket and it's right on top
1: the ghost and, is like let me just borrow that for a little bit I'll bring it yeah, back I don't
3: I mean I own 900 black shirts so trying to find the one black shirt I laid out you can kind of dismiss but I mean it was without fail like gone and the jewelry I wanted to wear that day gone and I happened to go to um, a spiritual convention and had a reading. And a woman told me, she said, You have a lot of childlike energy around you. And I said, Okay. And I said, I have stuff go missing all the time in my apartment. And she goes, Yeah, ghost, you know, kids like to play. And I was just like goosebumps. And she said, I have a feeling one of these children is related to you. She said, Have you ever lost a sibling? And I said, No, not that I'm aware of. She said, Talk to your parents. I, I have a feeling. So I driving with my mom one day and uh, uh, the woman also told me, she said, I have, I feel like three, three young energies around you. She said, talk to your parents. I have a feeling one of them's related. So I driving home with my mom one day and I said, mom, have you ever had a miscarriage? And she said, not officially. Um, She said right before my sister was born, she was helping my dad, a car broke down and she was helping my dad push the car. And she said she felt like she peed herself all of a sudden, but she looked down and it was blood. And she said, I have a feeling I was pregnant and didn't realize it and lost the baby because it was not like a normal monthly thing. It was like a really bad hemorrhage. Mm. And I said, oh, my God. She said, why did you ask me that? I said, "Um, well, you know, like I had a psychic or whatever she was tell me that the ghost in my apartment is possibly related to me. And she said, oh my God, that's so weird. And I said, yeah, she told me there's three kids and she thinks one of them's related. And my mom got like teary eyed. And I said, what? And she said, when I was 15, I had an abortion. And I was like, what? And I said, I'm so sorry you had to go through that like in the seventies of all the, you know, like knowing my grandparents, what a horrible experience. And she said, yeah. And she said, when I was 17, I had another abortion. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she said, I have goosebumps. She said, that's three children, Teresa. I said, yeah, mom, thank you for giving me like ghost siblings for life. Oh, Um, my God. She started crying. And I was like, what a hard, horrible, hope she doesn't ever hear this podcast, because I don't know if that's information she wants out there, like hard thing to go through. And then she said, I feel guilty if this is ghost because of what I did. And I was like, are you like, that's the least of the worries. Um, but that apartment always had things going, not the closet, the closet door never opened until, uh, my boyfriend and I broke up. I was there. It was the last time I was going to be there packing up my stuff. And I'm in the second bedroom, which was basically, like, my catch-all slash creative, you know, space. I'm trying to clean up all my stuff and, like, the worst emotional shape I've ever been in in my life. And I'm, like, standing there crying, what do I do? And I heard the bedroom door, the closet door creak open. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, bye. (laughs) Goodbye ghosts. Like, this is it for us. Um,
1: So you think the ghost was leaving?
3: I don't know if they were just like, we're here. Don't be sad. Like, we're still in the closet hanging out, you know? I don't know that those ghosts were ever... I feel like if they were really my siblings, they would have come with me. And, And quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because I've had such... Um, like, near misses in my life that I think someone on the other side is watching out for me.
0: Mm -hmm. So
3: I wouldn't be surprised if I do have someone, but um, things don't go missing in my new home anymore. Um, So I don't know. But I definitely... That was, like, a wild coincidence to know that my mom essentially lost three babies and I I, had three babies at me.
1: I feel like those three siblings... I mean, do you think that they just showed up at this time when you lived in that apartment and started moving things around? Or do you think that they've just always been there, you know? like. So
3: I think that that's kind of an energy that was always there. Um, The person that lived there before us would always tell us stories. And my landlord kind of never took anything. You know, he didn't take him seriously because unfortunately the person living there was an alcoholic. Um, so he's like, of course you can't find your wallet that you left on the nightstand, mm-hmm. but he would tell us that stuff like that would happen. And he had a dog and his dog would, um, go crazy barking in the corners. And so I think they were always there. And there was coincidentally the psychic, you know, God bless her <laughs> said that I have three energies with me. Um, wow. I, if I do have a spiritual Friend that's helping me out—they've never physically like made themselves known. It's always been in the homes related to the homes I live in.
1: So, wow,
3: my yeah. mind is and blown. And then my my last and final apartment. Oh, I lived there's in. more. This is my last one, and this is like the most recent. And I hold this person like I hold him near and dear to my heart.
1: Wait, I have one um, question before we move on. Sure, yeah, yeah go um, on. sorry. Because go I'm ahead. remembering now that when I talked to my guest about your story that you sent us, we were um, discussing your landlord's music career. How is that still going on? <laughs> no,
3: he does not and has not, as far as I know, ever had a music career to speak of. Okay. He kind of, he kind of. Um, probably played locally. I don't think he was ever in a band. I think he's just like a music lover and he just had this big space and was able to put his instruments up there.
1: Okay. Got yeah, it. Yeah, I don't
3: think he's ever had. He was a while. He used to take ambient and then not go to sleep and those are <laughs> He has some crazy experiences because of that. You go home and like try to avoid them because you'd be like, "Uh-oh." Uh-oh. He's got he's on his ambient again like let's go in the other way or wait outside. Okay. but he was he was he was a very awesome nice guy but no music career to speak
1: of. Okay. Okay. Okay, so tell me so, about the the other ghosts.
3: So, I know. This it sounds and everyone's always like it sounds crazy but uh my last apartment I moved into um it was like I had broken up with my boyfriend. I had broken up with my we'll call him secret boyfriend. <laughs> and, uh, I was living on my own for the first time in at 36, and it was a really hard time, but it was like this little apartment was my safe haven, and I was so grateful to be at a point in my life where I could have a home on my own because I never did before, and I was always dependent on my ex-boyfriend. So this was like a whole new... Empowered, uh, I'm free. Look at me, making money, taking care of myself. Look at this apartment that I can afford. Um, and it was a third floor apartment again, which I like living up high. I feel safer knowing that there's many flights of steps between me and whatever issue downstairs. Yeah, um, I agree. I live on the ground floor and I'm like, lock all the windows, someone's gonna take the baby through the
1: window. <laughs> I hate it.
3: Um, so I'm in this apartment, it's a very old building again, and It feels fine. It feels a little bit weird, but nothing beyond like it being an old home. So I move in and every night consistently around three in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, "Is somebody in the apartment with me, I feel like I can hear talking. And I'm like, semi-uncomfortable, but like, okay, we got to get it. You know, you're living by yourself for the first time. Maybe that's what's creeping you out. And I do have downstairs neighbors um, but every night, three o'clock, I wake up and I'm like, someone's whispering, someone's saying something. I get out of bed, I look in the living room, I look in the kitchen, there's nothing. I try to go back to sleep. Uh, and this happened for a few weeks, and then um there were times where no matter how many lights I put on in this apartment, it felt dark. And I'm like, I don't, you know, like what do I? write that off as I don't know my cat and I are sitting in the living room together and we heard like um something fall I checked the bedroom and something's fallen off my shelf I put it back okay that's weird it happens again okay I put it back that's weird it's always the same shelf um and then I'm out uh, to help my dad with something and we were out late and uh we were picking up a car that he had to have fixed So I come home, it's like 1030 at night and I'm walking up the steps and I'm like, what do I hear? And I, I hear the TV on in my apartment. And I was like, that's weird. Why would that be on? And I called my dad and I was like, dad, this is probably nothing, but my TV is on. And he said, I'll be right there. Don't go inside till I get there. Um,
1: I mean, that's a creepy so thing, in, but it also it's like, unnerving. would a robber go in and like watch TV
3: and just hang out? Exactly. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I was rationalized with myself. Uh, and I live with horrible anxiety all the time. So the worst case scenario is always the first scenario.
1: Of for course, me. same. So I'm
3: like, someone knows I live by myself. Now they're watching my routine and they're hanging out and just waiting and watching TV. Um, so he comes in, he checks the apartment for me. We turned the TV off because it's probably just the cat, you know? And I said, well, it's probably not. Cause my remote is kept in a box on the table, but whatever. And it happens again a couple weeks later. And I'm like, okay, like this is enough. You're freaking me out. Uh, and more of the same, like stuff is falling off of the shelves. Um, just this overall darkness all the time. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, we'll deal with it. So I become friendly living there for a few years. I become friendly with a woman um, who lives, or she has an office building downstairs or office room downstairs. And I was telling her how I brought, uh, I used to nanny. So I had to bring the little boy that I nannied for with me to take care of my cat because I was staying at their house for a week. So I had to come and feed the cat and we go upstairs and I said, you know, just take a second. We feed the cat, we leave, we get in the car. And the little boy says to me, did you ever just go into a place and like, for some reason it's uncomfortable, but you don't know why. And you just feel like scared and creepy. I said, yeah, sure. It happens sometimes. He goes, oh, okay. I said, why? He goes, "Ah, that's just how I felt in your house. (laughs) And I said, okay. Um, So I'm relaying this to the woman downstairs. And I said, you know, my TV kept coming on and she goes, oh my gosh, that sounds like Bill. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, that sounds like Bill. He passed away up there. And I was like, excuse me? She said, oh, yeah, I found him. If it helps at all, he looked very, very peaceful when I found him. Oh, my God. Like, the landlord told me that he moved out into a into a uh, a trailer park. And he left his air conditioners because he didn't need them anymore because his trailer had air conditioning. And I was like, what do you mean he died there? She told me that he had really bad problems with his legs toward the end of his life, and um, they would, you know, that that building had four apartments in it, and they all became really close. So she became really close with Bill, um, and would check in on him. And she said no one had heard from him for a few days. And she said I knew he had a doctor's appointment coming up, so I just went to check on him, and she found him. He died in the apartment. Um, Watching TV. Well, I don't know if he was watching TV or where she found him. But he was, like, reclusive and he couldn't go up and down steps that much. So what else could he do but watch TV up there?
1: Um, What are the chances that you have lived in all these places?
3: (laughs) I, I just think it's because I'm, like, open to it. Because I just, I really don't mind. So. Wow. I'm, like, not that I want to welcome anything in, but... I don't mind if they're there before me, you know, share they were there first. Well, it also seems
1: pretty peaceful too.
3: It has all been very mild. There there were times um again with the shoulder touching. I was sitting and talking to my mom um on the couch and I felt pressure on my shoulder so I turned thinking my cat had stepped on me. And I was like there's no one there. She said, "Yeah." And I said, "Something just touched me." And she was like, "I'm Going to go. I was just like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> bye. <laughs> okay. Bye, mom. Thank you. <laughs> but it's all been like pretty mild, nothing terribly crazy. I also found out that he was a carpenter and he built all the shelves in the apartment. So I don't know if he was like, This is where I put my stuff. Like, get your shit off my shelf. And that's why you knocked it down so many times. But
1: oh my God.
3: Like, it was just. And I thought when I moved, I was like, I'm going to take these shelves with me. And I said, you know what, I'm Bill. Bill and all your belongings, you can stay in your apartment, Bill. You you earned it.
1: Bill. So Bill
3: was like the most comforting. Like what a horrible time in my life. And there's Bill whispering into my bedroom, like, hey, put on channel thirty <laughs> six.
1: <laughs> my favorite um, show's about to start. My
3: favorite show, yeah. So yeah, it's been since my early teenage years that I can remember, and I I think. It all started with that seance. Wow.
1: I can't wait to hear what's next, Teresa. Check in with me. I (laughs) hope (laughs) nothing.
3: I hope nothing's next. We eventually... So we live on this farm, and my my, uh, boyfriend's family has lived in the farmhouse for a few generations, and it's like 120
1: years old. Oh, there's ghosts there. They're just waiting. I
3: was like, we're just going to not... How about you move in there, and I buy... I buy a place close by that I don't have to deal with your family in the afterlife.
1: <laughs> yeah, the in-laws, they want to meet you.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <gasps>
0: There's a ghost in my house!
1: I am joined by Maria, who is in my hometown, of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hi, Maria. Hello. Um, Have you ever been to the Ada Witch, my favorite haunted place in the <laughs> Grand Rapids area?
2: So I haven't been there yet, but it's on my list of places to visit.
1: Yeah, there's that cemetery. I want to say it's called the Finley Cemetery, mm-hmm. and they say that the Ada Witch hangs around. Yep. They say.
2: <laughs> they do say that, yep.
1: So... What do you say? What kind of ghost stories we got from you today, Maria?
2: So I have, I think the one that I, I I was debating on which one to start with, but I think just from listening to your podcast, the sleep paralysis ones are they they hit home pretty good for a lot of people. So
1: Oh, yeah, those are hits. <laughs> so Okay, okay. God, I was literally thinking before I went to bed last night like <laughs> I just I don't want tonight to be the night
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that
1: I have my first sleep paralysis
0: literally
2: every night of my life. Um so the first time I experienced it, I think I didn't realize I was experiencing it, but um a few years later, my Um, then boyfriend now husband, but we lived in this apartment on, um, this one street downtown in the town that I grew up in. And I, um, one morning I woke up and he, he left for work early, but then I I fell back asleep and, um, I heard in my sleep paralysis part, I heard keys jingling and footsteps all around my my room and I couldn't wake up I couldn't I felt like I couldn't breathe and then I was hearing like really loud ringing noise um and it just would not stop and finally I was able to wake myself up fully and you know nobody was there my husband was gone I didn't ever see anything but I I I heard a lot that was happening um and then a few years later we had moved. We moved a lot. We moved and then we moved back to the same street, but to the house next door. Um, And I had the craziest sleep paralysis I've ever had. I was, um, it was early morning again and same situation, woke up, but fell back asleep. And I heard little footsteps going around my bed and I couldn't picture it in my mind, anything other than like, trolls running around to my bed and it was just a bunch of little feet running around and then I felt the blankets lift up and down multiple times like somebody was like making the bed and <sighs> and then uh, I, I heard another loud really loud noise um, like a ringing noise I can't I don't know why I hear that all the time in sleep paralysis but um, same thing I, I was able to like wake myself up and there was no trolls my room it was nothing so pretty crazy was your bed made (laughs) my bed was not made either it was messy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah
1: oh my god okay so do you think that that is a paranormal thing or do you think that it's like a dream state i don't know
2: it's hard because i used to think you know, from just like reading about it online and hearing other people's stories that it was more of like, you know, your brain releasing that chemical and it was more of just the sleep state. But why was I, I, I had the two craziest sleep paralysis episodes ever when I lived on that street. So I don't know, the houses were really old and they were creepy. So I, I feel like it's a mix and it depends on the situation, I guess. I don't know. I, I lean more towards paranormal now that I had those experiences so close, you know, in the same neighborhood. I think it's
1: both things at the same time.
2: I think that's so too. my belief.
1: Like, I think it is paranormal, but it's also something that I science so can too. explain.
2: Yeah. For sure.
1: Oh, tell me more. Tell me more.
2: <laughs> um, so I had this really weird doppelganger, um, thing happened to me. We lived, um, this is also a different house same town older house but um we were living in here for just about a year and the uh one night I was on the couch and I was just watching tv and my husband uh was out in the garage and um he had been out there for a while fixing something I don't know what he was doing and I well I started to drift off on the couch um but then I opened up my eyes and he was standing in the kitchen, which was visible from the couch. And he was just staring at me this like blank stare. And he was just standing there. And I was like, Matt, like, hello, what are you, what are you doing? And then I turned away because I heard my dog come into the room and then I turned back and he was gone. And I was like, uh, what just happened? So I called him and I said, were you just in the house? Did you come in? I didn't hear any doors open. And... He's like, no, I've been in the garage for the last hour or whatever. And I I said, well, I just saw you in the kitchen. So are you messing with me? No, no. Why would I do that? Like, He doesn't believe in this stuff. So he was like, no, I've I've been in the garage. So that was really crazy. Um, I told a story
1: very similar to that that happened to me like a year or two ago. That was like almost the exact same thing. And I don't know how to explain it.
2: Yeah the stare from him is what really creeped me out. It's probably one of the scariest uh. experiences I've had because the way that he was looking at me was just like a blank stare. He was just staring into my soul and it was terrifying. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was really, really creepy. I, I cannot explain what happened. I do not know, but I did in that same house, we've heard, um, footsteps of like boots going through the house. Um, and I just got a. I felt like I felt like a male presence there. Never saw anything, but I just got that vibe. So I'm I'm wondering if whatever presence was there was making itself known to me, but was using that my husband to make it so that it didn't scare me, even though it still did. I don't know, but or
1: could it be the kind of thing where his spiritual body was disconnecting at times? That's
2: definitely possible. <laughs>
1: Without him knowing, you know?
2: I know. I hate that. But the stare is what gets me. It was like it wasn't sure what it was looking at, even though it was looking at me. Because,
1: like, maybe he was at that time thinking, like, oh, I got to go check in on Maria. Yeah. And then... But he didn't. But somehow his spiritual body did. That's true. That's what I think when I hear these kinds of stories. I think that, like... It's like an astral projection thing.
2: It definitely could be. It's it's really weird. I don't doppelganger stories freak me out. Like, just totally freak yeah. me out. <laughs> um. But yeah.
1: Yeah, they do, but also. I don't know how many times I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I have an obsession with celebrity impersonator websites. <laughs> um, if you just Google celebrity impersonator agencies, you can find all of these agencies online that are that have pictures of people that dress like celebrities for a living, and they kind of look like them. A lot of them look a lot like them, um, and that's my favorite that's thing in crazy. the world. So. <laughs> I both hate the idea of a ghost impersonating somebody, yes. but I love the idea of a human impersonating someone. I
2: know. That is hilarious. I've never even <laughs> knew that was a thing.
1: <laughs> Please enjoy. You're welcome. Now I know
2: what I'll be looking up later.
1: <laughs> tell me another story.
2: <laughs> so I uh, will tell the story about my first paranormal, I guess, encounter. Um, I was 10 years old. And um, this was in my uh, very Catholic grandparents' basement. My cousin and I were playing the Ouija board. um, And I remember specifically, we were listening to uh, Mariah Carey on the radio. And um, (laughs) I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And Do you remember um,
1: which song it was?
2: You know, I used to, but I can't remember anymore. Um, But I do remember it was Mariah Carey. And, um, (laughs) so we were, you know, asking the board questions, spirit, whatever questions. And I remember I went to the letter T and then as soon as it did that, the radio turned off and like, it was still plugged in and everything. It just turned off. And then the basement light also turned off like right after that. So, um, my cousin and I were like freaked out, like what the heck's going on? We knew we're the, we were the only ones in the house, though, and we could see the top of the stairs and we didn't see anybody flicker the light off to mess with us. Um, and we, So we knew the power didn't go out either because it happened like one step after another. Um, and needless to say, we ran upstairs screaming um, and <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> but I like to think that it was, so I had an uncle that passed away. I've never met him cause he died when he was a teenager, but I like to say that he was, he's, I, I feel like he was in the house kind of like stopping it before it got to the point where, you know, we got into something that we shouldn't have done spiritually. So, um, I like to think that he stopped it and that's, that was kind of him saying, nah, why don't you girls just put that Ouija board away?
1: So. Yeah. Or he just didn't like Mariah Carey's music. Or
2: that that's very possible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait what is this um story about a boy face in the window
2: uh yes so that was i lived in this apartment with a couple girlfriend and it was very it's probably one of the oldest houses in the town and um she told me one night that she was looking out the window and she saw a boy's face in the window like an apparition's face in the window and i didn't really believe her because first of all, I just, I just didn't believe her because of the type of person she was. And, um, so, (laughs) so I was like, I kind of have to experience something in order to believe you. And, um,
1: we all know that person.
2: Yeah. Right. So, um, one night I was cleaning and I was home alone And I had put all of the remotes on the coffee table in this little basket that we had. And I walked into my bedroom and I heard the basket sound like it got thrown off the table. And so I walked out into the living room and noticed that the remotes were, you know, across the room, like they had been thrown. And I sort of panicked and um, sat down to collect myself. And I was like, what did I just witness? Um, I was, you know, home alone. So I like, I called my boyfriend and I asked him, I told him what happened. He was like, you know, you're just imagining things or that didn't happen. And I was like, okay, well uh, it did. And so that terrified me. And then my roommate across the hall or not my roommate, my friend across the hall experienced stuff as well. After that, her toilet seat would just slam shut. Um, the bedroom door would open and close. Um, but the toilet seat would slam shut like frequently. So, um, A lot of weird stuff happened there and it all started to happen after we went up into the attic. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) my friends were all partying one night and they were like, let's go into the attic. And I was like, that's probably a bad idea. And um, all the weird stuff started happening after that. So yeah. What did you unleash? I don't know. Some weird little boy spirit. I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) The toilet seat... Phantom.
2: Yeah, and then we started to hear, like, scratching in the walls, and we thought it was just animals, because, you know, the house is old. Um, but now that I think of it, maybe it was a demon or something in the walls.
1: <laughs> it was probably the little boy in the walls. Trying to get out, yeah. Creepy. Oh, my God. Yep. <sighs> well, Maria, you got some good ones here.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Well, Maria, this was great. <laughs> Thanks thank for having you so me. much
2: i just wanted to tell you too that you inspired me to start my own podcast so i just i just started that and um, oh
1: amazing yeah. what is that what's it about
2: it's just my friend and i talk about creepy stuff and it's just called you're creeping me out and yeah we only have two episodes out but um yeah
1: <laughs> well congratulations
2: hey
0: I've been ghosted too,
1: Lucinda in Southern California. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, Roz. How are you?
1: I'm doing so good. I uh, was looking through this email you sent me. You you got a lot of different things that you could share about. I I'll let I'll leave it up to you. Where do Where do we start?
0: Um, let's. I you know I'm I'm a, a paranormal magnet, so I do have a lot of stories. Um, things that I typically talk about are all kind of UFO, um, mediumship, shaman related. Um, but I never get to tell my ghost stories and I have such a good one. So that's the one I want to tell. That's, that's for you. We're doing ghosts.
1: Okay. If we have time, I want to hear about UFO stuff.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can do that too. If you're down. Okay. Okay.
1: What's your ghost story?
0: Okay, here we go. So it's August, 2015. Uh, Let me, Uh I have to give you like the backstory. It's August, 2015. And I have just graduated from psychic school. What I lovingly call as psychic school, which is, um, it was 2012 that I realized that, or I was told that I don't just have the active imagination that uh, this is mediumship that was going on with me. Um, and so I was like, what do I do with this? How do I use it to help people? What's the ethical practice, you know? And so I decide to um, find a class. And there's a woman that like handpicks her students. It's a two-year program. And that's what I lovingly call psychic school. Um, but you What don't... do
1: you do in psychic school? Is it like
0: Hogwarts? Yes. And it's... <laughs> the... So she interviews her students and my, the interview was like this. Um, I don't really know what's happening, but apparently I'm a medium. And so all, I just thought like, Oh my God, like I have really great character development skills in my head. Um, and it turns out that that might be spirits of actual people. And so I want to figure out how to do this. And she was like, I will take you, you're going to do no mediumship in my class. And I'm like, um, Okay, I don't know how to do anything else. And she's like, sure, you do. And so it's weekends of different modalities and different skills. So the way that works is like you're learning a modality, like how to read someone using a particular something, like here's a skill set. And then you're sitting down in a room in a chair with your eyes closed and Somebody walks into the room and they sit across from you and you just give them like a full reading. You get no feedback at all. Um, there's no questions. There's no conversation. And then the person walks out and then you find out just like, sometimes you find out how you did.
1: (laughs) Wait a second. That's psychic school. So fun.
0: Yeah. It's fabulous. Um,
1: I want to be like a guidance counselor at the school or something. How do you, so do you think that if, if somebody has like medium abilities that they also have the other abilities or they'd have an easier time developing those or, or, or what do you think about that?
0: Um, well, yeah. So like I'm 10 years into this deep dive journey of everything that's been going on. Um, so now I will say Everybody has the potential to be all of these things. Um, it's it's just like an aptitude and natural talents. And it's like a musical instrument, you know, you and I can learn to play an instrument on the exact same day and put in the same hours of practice. But in the end, one of us is going to be better than the other. That's just how it works, right? Right. And okay, that
1: sounds like a challenge. Should be both piano learn? class.
0: <laughs> let's let's play the Glockenspiel. I'm just kidding. Um,
1: Wait, that's okay. You're an actual psychic um, for real because I have a Glockenspiel right next to me. <laughs> My friend gave it to me recently, and it's like I'm staring at it right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, that that happens when you're friends with me.
1: You <laughs> you're a psychic.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. So.
1: Well, yeah, you are. <laughs>
0: Um, but I also am a very pragmatic gal, right? So I am the first to discredit my stuff and just like, be like, no, that can't, you know what I mean? I, I need like really solid proof. And so 2015, um, we are in Hungary and my husband is Hungarian and, um, we are there with. Our two little boys, we have three now, but we had uh, our kids were like six and eight or something. And we are in the wine region of Hungary um, in a little town called Eger. And Eger has this big basilica that used to be the like this castle hub. So I sent you the little like tourist info info sheet. What ends up happening is that like, we're there for a couple of days and it's the middle of summer and it's, you know, it's kind of like a New York summer in Budapest. So it's humid and it's hot, but then we go to the wine country and it's like cold and rainy. So it starts to rain and my poor kids are like in like, you know, whatever little, um, summer clothes I put them in. So we decide, well, let's go do this like cave tunnel system tour under the basilica and um like historically what happened was it was the castle of like the archbishop or somebody and the way it worked is it's all like farmland but everyone is growing wine grapes and so the town paid their taxes in wine and that wine is basically like um was the wine for like a third of the country uh, at the time. Like, so they produced like mass amounts of wine and they had to store it somewhere. And so they were storing it in these intricate, and they're like hand carved tunnels. So they're like, it's fabulous. And there's all these like arches and it's everything out of like a wine lover's dream. If you're a winemaker, because the temperature and everything about this tunnel system is perfect if you're going to store wine. Um, and then if you're a horror fan, you're just like, oh, this is great. This is like the scenery for something really tragic and and awesomely horrible.
1: Yeah, it's like, I feel like a found footage movie or something. Down, right. Like, we're going to find, someone's going to find a camcorder with a monster attacking someone in the the wine country tunnels.
0: Yes. So... <laughs> Now, keep in mind, I don't speak Hungarian. Um, And so they give me like a little sheet, which is like the tour, but in English. And there's probably about 15 people on this tour. Um, It's kind of chilly under there. So everyone's has, they give you like a little blanket and they're like, okay, come on, let's go. And so the guy is taking, you know, the tour guide is speaking Hungarian. And so I'm trying to read along And so I'm kind of, now I'm falling back from the tour. So now there's like this group of people and my kids are with my husband and they're listening to the tour and I'm lagging behind. And if you see the photographs, um, the one I sent you, the tunnel, like this is very, these tunnels are dug from um, rhyolite, but they also have a lot of limestone and so the air is really, really clean and in fact, there's a lot of like medical spas in Hungary, and they put patients with um respiratory problems in these tunnels because that's like really clean limestone air. Um, and so, when you take a photograph of it, the picture is super clear like it, it, that's that's why I was like, okay, we need we need this is like slides like a slideshow that comes with this this uh story. Um so you can see really clearly down the tunnel system.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It it's the, it's a clear photo, sure,
0: but you're not getting me down there. Okay. <laughs> now, what ends up happening is that now that I have separated enough from the group, um I am no longer clouded by the energy of the group, if that makes sense. So now, there's a psychic lady who's by herself in this tunnel with enough space. And all of a sudden there's the spirit of a young girl who like, if you see, there's little, little alcoves. So you're walking down this long tunnel and there's all these little alcoves on the side. And I like kind of glance to the right and I see the spirit of a girl and she's probably like late teens, early twenties. And she's super cute and she's like very bubbly and she sees me. And I feel like we like lock eyes cause she realizes that I can see her and immediately she's next to me. And as I'm walking, I'm just like, okay, what's happening here? And she's like, Oh my God, you can see me. And, it, 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 and she just starts rattling off and In she's English. like, Yes cuz this is like in my head. Yes. So this is okay. I I hear this in English. Right,
3: and what's okay.
0: what's making me like second guess all this is because I'm like okay, you appear to be from a a time far away. Like you are you are not a new ghost. But you are like prattling off like a girl of today you know what I mean? Like, she's, uh-huh. she's just like, Oh my God. And you can see me and da-da-da-da-da. like, that's how she's chatting. Like, Oh, da-da-da. and then, and I'm trying to, half of me is trying to be like what the hell is going on in your head, Lucinda. <laughs> and the other half is like, I'm half listening to this ghost who is really just following me. And I'm like, um, like how do I shake this girl? Right. And she's like
1: oh my god i have heard this story this tour so many damn times i could do every word i'm over it get me out of
0: here she's, she was saying something to the effect like so many people come down here and like nobody sees us and da, 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 and we and so what what us like, we yes that is exactly because she was like nobody sees us and we are here so long and da da, da, da and i'm like and so now I'm like, wait, what? Like that now you got my attention, girl. And so I kind of looked at her like I side glanced her and immediately I could see um, the word that popped in my head. So I'm mostly clear audience. Right. So I'm going to hear things very clearly more than um, get like visuals or senses, like that happens too, but clear audience is like my jam. Um, And so I looked at her and I thought in my head, did you die down here? And I heard consumption and she said, yeah, but that was a long time ago. And she showed me like her being in one of these spaces and she's sick. And she has a high fever and she's in a cot. And all of a sudden I feel like this, like, like a chill. Like, you know, when you have a high fever and you're so cold, but you're burning up, but you're just like, uh, and she says the monks or um, the priest brought me here. I can't remember if she said monks or priests. She said, they brought me here because they said the air would be good for my lungs and I would get better, but she died of the fever. And I heard consumption, which is tuberculosis. And I got a vibe of like 1800s. I don't know how c- I, can I confirm this? No, but that's like, she told me like exactly. And like that sometimes, you know, they'll take me through their passing. So I'll just, and I saw her there and she was like sweating, poor little thing. And I, I just felt really bad. And she was like, no, no, I'm fine now. That's <laughs> just like, she's like, oh, that was a long time ago. I'm over it. That's exactly what that was her, it, her exact attitude. And so I'm just like, do, do you guys, I, I said, are you guys stuck here? And she was like, Oh no, we love it here. And, and I was like, okay. And so now I'm distracted because the tour guide says, um, something like now I can hear the tour guide. Cause like, as I'm walking, I'm slowly getting closer to the tour now. So it's almost like the, the energies are starting to to mesh. So as I'm getting closer to the tour, she's kind of tuning out, and it, it, it like it's toggling back and forth. And I ask Roland, like my husband, I was like, "What? What did he just say?" And he and he says um, that during wars and stuff, people were kept down here. So like during wars, like the 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 townspeople would come down to the tunnel to be safe. And and I'm like, well, a lot of them died here and no one's talking about that, you know? Um, so I pull back again from the tour because now I'm curious. And as I'm walking through one of these alcoves, I turn to the right and they're all in there. There's just a bunch of spirit people, spirits, people, spirits, whatever. Like they're just in this tunnel. And I'm just like, no, like this is not happening. And so I took the picture and it wasn't until, so you saw that you saw the last picture that or was it the last picture the picture I I sent you of the people.
1: Wait a second. Here's, I didn't realize that there were people. In here's this picture. what was
0: happening, Roz. Look at the one that says,, uh, tunnel people. They were poking yes. their heads out looking at me. They kept poking their heads out from the the sides, the edges of the tunnels and the alcoves. And they were all watching me. They were so shocked that I could see them. Like nobody was acknowledging them. And so they kept, as soon as they started to do that, I started to take pictures. You could see very clearly on that picture that says tunnel people of this Uh tall, the tall guy. What, like you could see all their heads. Then, let me find it. I'm gonna look at it in my own pictures here. But you can see the guy leaning look to the right. Are you following along?
1: Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it's like school. Um
1: I definitely see like the shape of heads kind of, yes, like it's
0: all outlines, right? It's not like yes, it's like yeah, okay. shadowy outlines. So that's why I sent you the picture of the tunnel of how it looks because it's super crisp and clear. But then, This photo is the one that's not, it's like kind of foggy. And that's the one that has them in there. Now it's so hard to tell. And like, I can vet it because, you know, I was there and I know, but it, it matches exactly what I saw and where they were like the photo captured exactly what I saw.
1: So you were looking at them with your eyes seeing spirits and you were snapping photos and they were just like standing there. They were just like, all right, snap away. Like they, they were just like standing
0: there. Yeah. Look, look at the one I sent you. You'll see the guy he's like holding on to like, like a door jam and almost leaning out and he's on the right. Okay. Um, Do you see the, the tunnel picture? That's a little fuzzy. And then if you look on the floor, there's like one, lighter square um tile or something Uh uh-huh yeah okay look right above that and you'll see the guy leaning oh my god do you see see it yeah and then there's all those little shadows of the circles those are the heads and then do you see their bodies under like they were all right there oh my god i got chills do you see it though
1: I mean, I'm trying to figure out exactly. Okay, I think. Oh, I can tell about. So, okay, now I can see somebody with their arm like what you're saying, leaning. Okay, I get you now.
0: There, because they kept leaning, little ones and big ones. There was like kids in there.
1: Yeah, it and, looks like a lot of little ones is what I see. But but I'm now seeing the guy on the right side, or the person that's like leaning with their arm kind of to their side, yeah, like kind of
0: out. That's a man. Uh huh. And then oh there there were God. a lot of kids.
1: This is wild, Lucinda.
0: Yeah. And, and so that's um that was one of my, my good like validation confirmation things.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I guess because I'm always second guessing. Now I know, and listen, I've seen some crazy, crazy things. Um so when I have experiences like this, like I immediately write it down because I know that I'm gonna like explain it away. Like, I'm just going to be like, well, that was nuts. It, I will discount it over time.
1: Yeah. Am I able to share this with the listeners?
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course.
1: Okay. I'll figure out a way. I'll, I'll put this in the Facebook group ghosted by Ros Hernandez. This is a crazy photo.
0: I mean, I don't, for me, this is like the best because I photographed what I saw. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so, so like, does
1: that happen to you where you just go places and then someone's like,
0: Hey, can you see me? Um, yes. <laughs> in, in a nutshell. Oh my God.
1: It's, it's like the sixth sense, that movie.
0: Spaces, um, different. So lately I've been exploring places like, like land. Um, So for example, I I do a lot of work with like uh, Native Native American communities, like Pine Ridge, the energy on Pine Ridge is really different from the energy in Sedona. Um, Crestone, Colorado is another one. There's just these like very interesting hotspots and they all feel very different, but they all have like, crazy paranormal activity
1: wow lucinda this is good yeah
0: that's i know and no one ever wants to know my ghost because you know well because my ufo stuff is is pretty um you know interesting as well so yeah i have a fun i have an interesting life
1: (laughs) can you tell me a ufo story
0: Okay. Quick UFO story. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Here's what you need to know about sighting a UFO. Okay. This is what I'm going to say. And this is important for everybody to understand, get this. The phenomenon is an invitation and any experience you have, it will always give you a way out. There's always an exit door. So for example, you can have like a crazy paranormal experience, but it'll happen the night where like the night before you had a little too much to drink. So like, okay. it's always, it's always going to give you a way to explain it away. Okay. So for my case, um, my cousin, I f- like my cousins in the hospital. And so I go to the hospital to go visit. And it's one of those things of like, so he was on the fifth floor and this is in Los Angeles again. It's um, right off like the six Oh five and the 10. So he's at like, I think uh, what hospitals, I think it's like a Kaiser or something. And I go up to the fifth floor, elevator doors open. And I walk out and it's like the lobby and, you know, the rest of my family's in there and behind them is this big open window and you can see like the mountains near um, Monrovia, I think Duarte, like the two, like where the 210 freeway is. Sorry for all the LA references, people that are out of town. I'm so weak. You'll have to Google map this. Um, but so you can see this big, beautiful mountain view. Okay. And my cousin gets up and she's giving me like, okay, here's what's going down with our cousin who's in the hospital right? So it's a serious moment and I need to focus on her and I'm looking at her, but behind her in the mountain, I see what looks like an orange glowing tic-tac. And I like half thinking say, Oh, that must be the Goodyear blimp. And it's, um, June, and it's like five or six o'clock in the afternoon. So, like the sun is going down, and the sunset is reflecting off the Goodyear blimp. And that's what's behind her, right? Because it's bright and it's, you know, it. And what's happening is it's moving slowly straight up. And now it's kind of like coming over. Like now where you, you know, from my vantage point, I could see the mountains, but now it's going almost higher than the mountains. So it's still glowing because the mountain is behind it. And it looks like a bright glowing orange tic-tac. And as I'm, she's telling me what's going on and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But like, I can't lose sight of this uh, blimp because in my head, something is going, something's not right about this blimp and it rises straight, like straight up. Okay. Let's, let's picture a clock. So it moves from six o'clock and it's going straight up to like, say the middle of the clock. Okay. And then it just from that midpoint to 11 o'clock, it just goes and it shoots up and it's totally gone. And I'm like, that I've never seen a blimp do that. The blimp doesn't do that. And and then, so as she's talking, I'm like, I slowly point to the mountain because I don't want to interrupt and I don't want to be rude and it's a serious <laughs> moment, but like, what? Like, did you just, like, something just happened. Um, and it wasn't until I was driving home that I was like, Oh, I I used to live in um, Palos Verdes and from Palos Verdes, you can see the view is of like the city of Carson. And that's where the Goodyear blimp is parked. And so this oh. is why this is why all this stuff was coming in my head, because I have seen the Goodyear blimp take off and, and land and it goes sideways. You know what I mean? Like it comes in for a landing, like a plane, like it, it's, it's a diagonal thing. It never moves like straight up. And then like, literally like it was, um, you know, the Wiley coyote <laughs> cartoons with the, the road runner, uh-huh. and you know, the cartoon how like they run and it's just like that little poof of smoke and it just goes, poof. And, yes. and you know, that's what came into my mind. Cause I feel like the, even like a cloud went like a, it dispersed in a cloud or something, but it, that was the weird (laughs) connection to my head. And I was like, Oh, it's a UFO.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that was a UFO. Well, you also wrote in your email, which we're going to have to talk about one of these days that, uh, you're the daughter of an abductee. And so, I mean, do you think that it's one of those things where you got aliens in your family? Like, you you know, the the UFOs have a relationship with your bloodline, which I, a lot of people report.
0: Um, yes, I think so. There's just, there's a lot of weirdness, um, surrounding like the multi-generation thing, uh, Hypothesis, if you will, but yeah, my father actually had okay, do we all know who Whitley Strieber is in the book Communion? yes,
1: okay we, I believe uh, Coca Peru was talking about uh all of that with us at one point.
0: okay, so my father had his abduction the same year as Whitley, which was 1986, and I was the first person he told. Cause I woke up that morning and the way our houses are in Alhambra is, you know, the two, there's two windows from the front of the house and one side is my bedroom and the other side is my parents. And so that's how it started. Cause my father was like, I woke up early in the morning and he was just looked like he was just staring off into space. And he was like, Mia did you see the light in the front yesterday last night? Like, did you see the light that was in front of the house last night? And then I was like, no. And he was like, I had a weird dream, but it wasn't a dream, but it was a weird dream. And then he goes on to tell me his whole abduction experience. It was so weird that when he said, I went outside because there was a bright light. And when I went to the front yard, there was a ship. And I'm thinking a pirate ship. Because like in 1986, like what we know now of like the gray, you know, that's ubiquitous. That was not a thing back then. In 1986, no one really knew what that was. But my father had that same, like he had that abduction. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and he goes, um, I, then I saw them on the ship. And I go, what? And he goes, Mia, they have big eyes and they talk to you with your mind. Because uh-huh. we had like no vernacular for this. You know what I mean? There, there's like, we had no context of what this thing was. And he told me the whole thing. And then I said, draw me a picture. And he drew me a picture. First I thought it was a guitar pick cause he was drawing me the head, you know? Uh-huh. And I was like, what? Like, and then he drew the picture. And then a year later, you know, I'm a latchkey kid. I walk home from school. I turn on the, you know, TV channel seven, three o'clock Oprah's on. And like, as I'm walking by, I I see Whitley Strieber's on and there's like the cover of communion and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's dad's thing.
1: And Oh my God. Yeah.
0: And so as a result of that, like that was always just a family story. My, my dad's family lived in in a haunted house themselves and like, you know, paranormal stuff. Ghosty stuff was always in our family, but this e t thing or this whatever this was abduction, whatever you want to call it that happened in eighty six and then it wasn't until you know um twenty sixteen that I started putting together my stuff.
1: This sounds like a cliffhanger, sure. <laughs> we're gonna have to talk to you again, Lucinda, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much to Teresa, Maria, and Lucinda. Be sure to check out the Facebook group where I have posted that story or that, that picture from Lucinda's story. It's, it's crazy. The Facebook group is just called Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Facebook. Okay, guys. It's Halloween time. So please tell your friends about the show. Rate it five stars. Uh, subscribe, follow it, whatever whatever they call it, wherever you listen. Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. I would love to hear about a five-star review with a ghost story in it or just something nice in it. I'm on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. My TikTok and my Twitter are at It's Roz Hernandez. And check out my Patreon link in the description. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A
0: podcast network.